When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 125,000 in attendance at the first round of the NFL draft. It's a fish fry Friday, so you know what that means. We're going to give you our best and our worst takes of the week. And since the NFL draft is our um, off-season, how shall we say this, Um, hit of the NFL crack, if you will. (laughs) Um, Right. Despite all the nonsensical stuff that we have had to go through from their wokeness, uh, I will say this. um, We're going to give you our best and worst first rounds. Yes, the teams that had the best and the worst first rounds on this edition of Critical Thinking. Yeah, Pat. Um, the NFL draft started last night, and yep. thankfully, it kind of sort of ended before midnight. Um, I have so I always have these same complaints, and I always forget how ridiculous the NFL draft has gotten in terms of its "quote unquote" production value over just giving us the picks and the information that the fans really want. And I get it, right? There's 125,000 people in attendance last night in Kansas City. You had to entertain and all of that stuff. But at one point in time, Pat, three picks had been made and not announced to the crowd. And they've been announced on Twitter for like 5, 10, 15 minutes at that point. So I, I can't stand that. What I really wish is that if you wanted the entertainment value, go to ESPN and and go to whatever, right? But then have an alternative feed for those of us who would like to just get on with the draft. Those of us who want the, hey, 10 minutes, your pick is in. Who the hell is your pick? I don't care about the fanfare. Give me the pick, right? Maybe give us an alternative feed because what's happening is your your ratings and everything else is actually being trumped by um, 
the fact that social media has spoiled your picks, right? Right. What is the point of waiting 10, 15, 20 minutes? Go go commercial free or whatever on ESPN2 if you could or uh, put it on ESPN Plus, right? You have a streaming service right. for a reason and put it on there and use a different set of hosts and college scouting experts and, and whatever have you. Um, but yeah, I just, it's like, come on. We were three picks deep before, and then you finally give us an announcement. And most importantly, we had what, five trades, four trades yesterday during the draft. And only one of them gave us the actual, like, number of picks involved and where. The rest of them were just, oh, there was a trade. What? Wait, what? For what, when, where, why? Let me know the details here, right? But all of that notwithstanding, it's just a constant reminder that the NFL can be ridiculous at times. But all that notwithstanding, Pat, let's get into the best and worst picks of the first round. The teams, I should say, that maybe fared the best, the teams that fared the worst. Um, Let's go with the worst, like we do normally with our worst takes of the week. Okay. Because I like to end on a high note usually. On a Friday. So, for me, this is an easy one. There's only one team with a worst draft. And that's the Detroit Lions. What in the absolute hell was that draft? I didn't even catch what they did. What did they do? Um, So, let me make sure I have the number on their first pick correct here. But um, I believe they traded up to 12 or traded down with Arizona, okay? Through Houston, through Cleveland, right? Because of the Deshaun Watson deal. Uh, Cleveland to Houston. Houston trades it to Arizona. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins deal, right? I think. Um, Anyway, the Lions end up getting this pick. Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. Now... I'm going to say this. Do I think that he has the ability to be the future backs that we're going to see in the NFL? Yeah. Right? He's kind of Christian McCaffrey-esque in terms of his multitude of skill set. Right? But at number 12 in the draft, oh, hell no. Reach, reach, and more reach on this one. Speaking of reach, they go on to number 18. Now, they did get a position of need, linebacker, but they pick Jake Campbell, who has a 32-inch reach and length on his arms. That is sub what you would expect for an inside linebacker. And why is that important? You might ask, what the hell are you talking about? It's important because when you're on the inside, you need that ability to do what, Pat? Be able to hold off extra offensive linemen or be able to you know maneuver yourself one way or the other depending on where what things are happening and you can't necessarily do that when you get the ability for that 300 pound offensive lineman to be two feet in front of you instead of three and a half feet in front of you you have no ability to move when you're when you've got the the shorter arms now the production is there in college right Jake Campbell was one of the most productive linebackers, and Iowa has a great tradition of producing linebackers and defensive players and offensive linemen in the NFL. But all of that notwithstanding, 
This was a guy that most people believed was a second round pick at best. You got him at 18. There's no question that Detroit reached with both of their picks. Could Jameer Gibbs have been there at number 18 for them? Yes. Now, they also have needs at what? Offensive line that they could have addressed at number 12. They have needs um, at all sorts of positions. They also have significant need at what position, Pat? Wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba, available at 12. Also, I believe, available at 18 for them. And he ends up going to Seattle. Yeah, and that was a great pick for Seattle, by the way, to be able to pair with Geno Smith right now. And they they have some young receivers that are very intriguing up there, too, by the way, as well as DK Metcalf. But um, my point in all of this is this is classic Detroit Lion drafting, right? Reach, reach, and more reach. Jeffrey Okuda, gone, right? They trade him away. They have a need at cornerback. There There were still two of the top three corners in the draft available for either one of these picks. This is classic Detroit Lion drafting where they reach and reach and reach and reach and reach. And this is why they suck and they suck and they suck and they suck and suck until last year when they got semi-good again. And then, oh crap, Quintus Cephas out indefinitely for betting. Another wide receiver out indefinitely for betting on allegedly games inside the locker room, right? Um, Yeah, I just, what, I don't understand. Like, I understand, as a Packer fan, I understand you draft for talent. You don't draft necessarily for need. Now, if need and the talent evaluation come together, great. But I, I can't believe they reached like that for both of these picks inside the top 20. You, you should Probably. never be. It should never be a case of reaching for a player to fit a need, and that's what they attempted to do here. Dumb. Your thoughts? Who who, who the Bears end up with? By the way. Um. So the Bears ended up with at number ten because they traded out of number one, right? Traded right. down to number nine originally, uh, where the Carolina Panthers were, and then they traded with Philadelphia. That they just swapped picks and they picked up an extra fifth rounder or fourth rounder, I believe, in that deal. Um, uh-huh. They ended up picking Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, and okay. I like I like the 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 fit there because he could potentially start at right tackle right away for them and eventually move to the left side. But um, what I saw what I saw on his tape and the production at Tennessee was he was much better when he switched from the left to the right side. Um, over the course of his final season in Tennessee, so we'll see what happens. Oh, and the Bears needed the Bears need an offensive line so bad. So yes. that, that that was a, that, that's a solid pickup. Then that's Justin I, I, Fields how he feels on a Monday morning, <laughs> right? Right. I, I, so I, I could I could go go in a potential couple different directions here on on worst, but I think um, for me. It ended up being Will Levis didn't go in the first round. That 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 seems odd. Uh, I I would have thought that would have been a first round pick for somebody. Um, now who? Right. I, that, I, I, once no. you got past, I think picks pick nineteen, right with mm-hmm. Tampa Bay there, um, which 
I mean, who's Tampa Bay's quarterback right now? Honestly, I can't tell you off the top of my head. I really can't. I, I can't tell you either. That's why I'm like, why didn't Tampa Bay draft him? Because yeah. they that, that seems to be a position of need. But I, I don't know. It just it just seems weird to me. You have a another talented quarterback that didn't go in the first round. I mean, he he should definitely go in the second. But the question is where and. I don't know if you're go, if you're going in the second round. I mean, what are your chances of being a starter at that point? I guess I, I don't I don't know. So yeah, because I, I, I mean, I think I think it's Baker Mayfield is the quarterback that they ended up signing in free agency. Oh, that's right. They they signed on like a one year deal, right? But again, you need a quarterback because right. Baker Mayfield hasn't really. Yes, he had he was good, not great, but good. At times last year, could, could he be that guy who gets you a couple years down the road, right? And and whatever, I I don't know. But they clearly uh, no team in the NFL was super enamored with just one year of film on Will Levis. Apparently not. So apparently not. At least not uh, enough to you know trade some draft capital to move up into the latter part of the uh, first round. There, I thought uh, I was kind of circling pick number thirty in the draft um, to take a look at that um, because I think that pick number 30 was um, uh, who are we looking at here? Um, the Eagles. And we're going to get to that in a moment. I agree with you. I think Will Levis not going in the first round kind of reminds me, kind of smacks me of Jalen Hurts uh, when he yeah. went in the second, early second round. Um, kind of one of those things that will bubble up and, and, as we talk about this, obviously Friday will Friday night will be the second and third rounds of the draft, so it'll be interesting to see what takes place there. Um, but yeah, it'll be intriguing to say the least. All right. Yeah. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to move to my best uh, draft, and they're my pick for the best draft. How in the absolute hell do you stack not one? Not two, not three, but now four members of the 2021 Georgia Bulldog defense. And all of them were first round draft picks. Onto um, a team, by the mm-hmm. way, Pat, onto a team that just went to the Super Bowl because they did it. At pick number nine with Jalen Carter, you can say what you want about what was going on off the field and all those things. He is arguably the most pure, talented player, and to get him at pick number nine was incredible. And then, wait, 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 wait for it. One of the best edge rushers, yes, a little bit undersized. He needs to put on a little weight in the NFL. But one of the best pure edge players in Nolan Smith at pick number 30. You now have four, count them, four starters from that Georgia Bulldog defense in 2021 right there. You want to talk about a smart backroom managerial office right now? It's the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they literally were sitting there at 30 going, you got to be crapping me, right? Right. Like, how, how is Nolan Smith still here? I, I, honestly, I would have thought, Especially that Georgia defense, those top players on that defense would go sooner than what they did. 
in the other part that is interesting with that Nolan Smith pick is he's not going to be forced into being the, something that he's not right away, mm. right? Right. But also when you watch his tape, everybody talks about the speed and athleticism. But when you watch the tape on him, it's the power that he brings because of that speed that's really deceptive, right? He's only like 237 pounds. But the dude is blowing up 300-pound offense alignment all over the place on that tape. And he's doing it with his with the, the speed and power that he brings with his arms. And that's what I was talking about with Jake Campbell is does he bring enough power to make up for the lack of length? Um, that's going to be needed for an inside linebacker in the NFL. So I think I think for me the easiest winner uh, was Philadelphia. Pat, I know that there was a discussion over another potential winner in this uh, first round. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to use I'm going to use them just to be for the sake of being different. All, even though I ultimately agree that Philadelphia had by far the best first round of anybody. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Um, and the, as much as this drives me crazy because I did not want CJ Stroud going to Houston. I, I didn't, I wanted him either going to, I'm like, okay, Carolina would probably be one of the better fits for him. If I'm being honest. Uh, so no, no, <laughs> you don't think so? No, not at all. Because but, he doesn't okay. have the athleticism that they're going to be looking for in a quarterback. And that was very clear by who they ended up picking. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it, but I also think Bryce Young's overrated. So, no, no, no. I'm not talking about. Yeah. So the reason they picked Bryce Young is because of his athletic abilities. Right. He is a super, way superior athletic ability to C.J. Stroud, I, and that's I, and that is if you watch Frank Reich's offense when he when he had healthy quarterbacks when he was in Indy. Yeah. It's athleticism that matters, and and that's kind of the game that he likes to play guess, with his quarterbacks. That, that that that's a fair point, but I I still think Bryce Young is overrated. Um, and then I I was actually more hoping that that uh, he would go to Indianapolis. If I'm being honest, frankly, just because I like I like Indy to some degree. I I've never been a fan of Houston. I've always kind of seen them as that kind of that toxic environment. But to your point, they also brought in a new GM, a new coach, owner, coach. So hopefully and they that is very clear by what they did here, right? Right, and and that's why I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and giving them the best here because they, not only did they get CJ Stroud at number two, they traded up to number three. So yeah, because I mean, third pick. Yeah, because over the next three or the last, not next, the last three or four weeks here, a lot of smoke was around the name Will Anderson Jr. at pick number two, right? And some people didn't buy into that smoke and mirror uh, situation with the Texans. And they were surprised to see the name C.J. Stroud at pick number two, only to be more surprised by the fact that they got super aggressive and packaged uh, a few picks moving from later in the draft in round one all the way up to pick number three to get the defensive best player other than Jalen Carter for me, in Will Anderson Jr. So right. they ended up with the need on offense and the need on defense being addressed by being super aggressive. And I applaud that. If you have that, 
And I've said this a thousand times, and I said this to my dad about the Packers draft pick. If you have an evaluation of a player and a value of them that is greater than the pick that you had and the value of the pick that you give up on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. You do it to get the player that you and your group wants, and they did it. And I applaud that boldness, just like I applaud the fact that the Packers look at their draft board, right, at pick number 12 and go, we've got a plethora of options. What is the best way that we can help Jordan Love win games? By having a defense that can actually get to a quarterback and or stop the run, right? So let's address that. And they ended up doing that, picking Lucas Van Ness, a you know, redshirt sophomore, by the way, so a very young player. But again, what do the Packers do with their drafts all the time? They evaluate talent and they put the talent on the board, not what are our needs. Right. And if talent and need meet, great. But if I value the talent of Lucas Van Ness over the talents of Jackson Smith and Jigba on the overall scale or Dalton Kincaid or whomever, right? You make that pick. And who is Lucas Van Ness remind me of, right? Rashawn Gary. That's who he reminds me of. Rashawn Gary played what? Defensive tackle when he got to Michigan. And now he's one of the most premier pass rushers and edge rushers in the NFL. He was a 300-pound defensive tackle, for crying out loud, when he mm-hmm. got into college. One of the, one of the, I think he was either number one or number two player in that class as a defensive tackle. It turns out athleticism matters, and that's what they ended up getting. And that's my point with the Houston Texans. That's why I bring up the Packers is that they looked at this and they evaluated and said, wait a second, I cannot get pick number, I think it was what, number... Because they traded with whom? Arizona, right, for pick number three? So uh, they ended Houston, up, yes, yes, they traded yeah. with Arizona. Huh. <clears throat> so that means Arizona got pick number 12. Okay. Mm. And I think a fourth rounder or a third rounder to move up. And so you're valuing the fact that Will Anderson beats what you evaluate for talent at pick 12 and at pick whatever in the third or fourth round. That's how you think through that if you are a GM that does the Packers, Seahawks style of drafting, right? Which is value, value, value over need, need, need. And I would argue that over the course of time, you're seeing this with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're seeing it with the Chiefs. You're seeing it with other teams that have become the, – the Bills are also a really good example of this other than drafting Josh Allen because it was available to them so early in the draft. But they've become a team that is valuing talent over need. And why do you see these teams constantly at the top of the draft? It's because they have a set of draft values that don't work. It's need, 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 need. Fill a hole, fill a hole, fill a hole. Except for what if that person that you're filling the hole with isn't exactly great? Right. So with that being said, I, 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 yeah, I can see Houston, you making the case for that, being that aggressive and getting you know, one of the top three quarterbacks in this class and the best defensive player in the class. You've set yourself on the edge and you've set up your future quarterback. Um, so 
congratulations to Houston, but I'm just dumbfounded by the fact that uh, that Philadelphia literally has four starters from that 2021. Now, you put Philly and Green Bay on the field, you'll have six. Count them six of the 11 starters from that 2021 defense on the same field. <laughs> Holy crap, man. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see if you guys even play each other this year, too, because that would be interesting. Yeah, I can't remember if we do. Um, I think we don't play the NFC East this year. Um, and so we wouldn't play each other. One team huh? From You get one team from each one if, if you're not playing the whole division. Right, but it, but it would be that we finished third in our division. So we would get the third team from the NFC oh, okay. East. That's how that works. The, the NFL scheduling form, formula is very, very simple. You play your division. You play one from the AFC, so that's seven games. You play four, so that's your – you know what I mean? And then you right. play the other three from your uh, from the other divisions that were the same as you. It's, so it's a very simple formula. You probably get the Giants then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that being said, Pat, um, all right, so – you want to move forward with our uh, best or worst takes of the week? Oh, just get the worst out of the way. All right. So I'm going to get my worst out of the way. This is something that if you paid attention to yesterday's show, um, I talked about. And my worst take is Nikki Haley and her whatever the hell this is when it comes to Disney and wokeism. Haley, I want to um, ask you about what could be another Republican candidate uh, in the field, and that is Ron DeSantis. We just learned a few moments ago that Disney is now suing the Florida governor for alleging uh, an alleging political effort to hurt their business. We've all been watching this back and forth for quite some time. Uh, this is obviously dramatically escalating the feud between Disney and Ron DeSantis. Uh, they're alleging that the Republican governor has waged a, quote, relentless campaign to weaponize government power over the company. What is your reaction to that as we still have yet to see him jump officially into the race? You know, as governor, I took a double-digit unemployment state and I turned it into an economic powerhouse. Businesses were my partners because if you take care of your businesses, you take care of your economy, your economy takes care of the people and everyone wins. And so that's the way we dealt with it. We are, South Carolina was a very anti-woke state. It still is. And if Disney would like to move their hundreds of thousands of jobs to South Carolina and bring the billions of dollars with them, I'll let them know. I'll be happy to meet them in South Carolina and introduce them to the governor and the legislature that would that would welcome it. So, okay, obviously this was played yesterday and we went over all of this, but I want to point out, I mean, just how, why, what, in what world, even if you are in the, I'm going to be as polished of a politician as possible, if I'm going to, you know, listen to all the PR people and, and I've practiced this line and blah, 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 right? Even in that world, how does this become the thing that you do, right? We talked about this yesterday. But I want to point out just one other thing here, Pat. When it comes to this idea, because a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but, you know, he is politicizing this. Economically speaking, Pat, I have a very simple question. Did Disney, yes or no? have a special privilege given to it by the government of Florida. Yes. yes. Okay. And it was given to them to do what? 
to attract their business based off of their values and the ability to do what? Boost the rest of the economy in the Orlando area, right? Right. Okay. So, even if Ron DeSantis is doing this as a payback for the woke politics that Disney is attempting to shove down the throats of parents, children, the society writ large, right? Even if that's the case, you have no right to special privileges. Special privileges, the key word is privilege. This is a privilege. They can revoke it at any point in time. They should be able to uh, revoke it at any point in time. This is not like a, I'm going to, this is not like um, what Governor uh, Scott Walker did in Wisconsin with attempting to attract Foxconn, okay? Right? The big Taiwanese uh, semiconductor business, right? This wasn't like that where they gave them economic aid packages and targeted that business over other businesses, right? It's not like that. This was a special set of privileges, and they're simply stating no more special privileges. It doesn't matter what the reason is behind it. It really doesn't. It's, hey, by the way, we're going to blanket say there's no more special privileges going to be given to any business under this administration. The rules have changed. What are you going to do about it? More importantly, you can look at the safety standards. You can look at all the other things that they may have violated over the course of this agreement that would be revocable on its face no matter what. I I just – I don't care if this is politically motivated or not from from the perspective of economically speaking. They have the right to do this. It doesn't matter the motivation behind it because, okay, what is your motivation, Disney, in going woke? What is your motivation? Is it indoctrination? What is it? That, that's where I come to – like I don't want to go too far into the weeds, but I, I think people need to realize that, yeah, on the one hand, Disney could have a point. This is all political, politically motivated move. Okay, so it's also a legal move. They have the legal right to revoke your special privilege status. And if they don't, that's fine. I look at it from that perspective, right? Let's let's take a look at that. Because here's the deal, right? You, as Disney, made a political decision, and now you're paying a political will consequence for it. I'm sorry I'm not sorry on that. And then furthermore, in regards to Nikki Haley, this is just the more I thought about this, the more I just saw it as, oh, I'm just going to bend over to the quote unquote culture that we are currently in and let it have its way. That's basically. Yeah, I don't, I don't under I understand the first part of the statement, right? Highlighting right. what you accomplished, because, yes, that's true. But what did how did Nikki Haley accomplish that? This is the thing that she should have been highlighting. She accomplished it by making South Carolina a right-to-work state, fighting to get that to happen. Now, it might have happened before she became governor, but she was instrumental in the fight. 
within South Carolina to make that a right-to-work state, which became attractive mm-hmm. to what? Manufacturing jobs, BMW got in there, other um, automakers are in South Carolina today that weren't there. She b- made it an economically attractive place for anybody to want to do business, right? And that's to the benefit of all South Carolinians. But I just, that's what you need to highlight is that I understand that I don't get, I'm not in the business of picking and choosing winners and losers. I'm in the business of letting people get out or letting government get out of the way, letting red tape get out of the way of potential success or failure of a business and they succeed or fail on their own merits. And that's the only argument that she should have made. She should have stopped right then and there. And then she fell on her face on that one. Yeah, because what are you saying? I don't understand the second half of that at all. What the hell are you attempting to say? We don't like the woke businesses. But hey, by the way, woke business, get your butt over here. We want your Mm -hmm. money. Just shh. What? Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't get it either. Anyway, we're going to move on to your worst uh, take of the week, Mr. Padoni. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. We respect our identity. We just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. They're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs. And I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people, but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or, or speak that out. And so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support. They think about how twisted feminism, quote unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments, you know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity, which is, in my opinion, extremely anti-feminist. I don't want to put those women down either. And I know you don't want, don't want to either because I see pain. I, I see pain and, I, and the pain is coming from somewhere. It's not you, though. It's the patriarchy. And how can we get people to see that? So that was uh, William Thomas. And yes, I'm using his Insufferable. I'm using his real name. I refuse to call him by his preferred name at this point because this man is a dude. He is a man who is sitting there telling you that feminism, like feminism is, um, how, how do we put this? Um, being a man. Being a man. Yeah. That um, he is better than you feminist because he is a man that he is a better athlete than all of you women because he is a man that he is just better than you and and by the way this is this isn't a this isn't a situation in which we are just assuming that he is better than women because he's a man right this is a man who got his ass handed to him Mm-hmm. multiple times in the swimming pool, yes. right? He was like something yeah. like 427th ranked in like his best yeah. event, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then went out and was lapping the competition as a quote unquote woman, right? This is also the privilege of, I, I just, it boggles my mind, but I, I shouldn't say it boggles my mind. In the world of subjective reality, this is reality, Right. This is the this is why subjective reality to me is the most dangerous thing in our society right now. Not that like things are not subjective, right? I'm not sure. saying that. But what I'm attempting to to tell you is that objective reality is based in facts, logic, reason, 
evidence, uh, the ability to gather knowledge. Subjective reality is my feels. And those feelings can change. Those, and that's not to say that, by the way, objective reality can't change based off of new evidence and science and reason and logic and all those things, right? I'm not saying that. There is no evidence. There is no science. There is no reason, right, for right. this to be a thing. It, this is literally all subjective. This is, this, is, this is him saying, anything you can do as a woman, I can do better as a man. And pretending to be a woman, by the way. And then how about this dude that's, that's, that's interviewing him, talking about and, and basically blaming this on the patriarchy. I'm like, that, that's ironic because you're talking to a man. Yeah. Yep. So. Terrible, terrible take. With that, Pat, uh, shall we move on? Play a little bit of the B or not the B? Yeah, we really should. With that, uh, hit me with the headline, please. Alrighty then. Perfect candidates to replace Tucker Carlson. Perfect candidates to replace Tucker Carlson. Is this the B or not the B? <laughs> and and I'm just going to quickly say this, Pat. Make sure you uh -huh. go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout for 5% off your purchase today. Coffeebrandcoffee.com, where they care about your love of coffee, not your love of one side of the aisle or the other. Yeah. Coffeebrandcoffee.com, critical thinking, promo code at checkout, 5% off your purchase today. And this is the Babylon B, because you do this all yeah. the time. You yeah. do this to uh -huh. me all the time. Yep, you just is admit. Is it seven? Is it 11? Is it it's five? Ten. It's 10. Give me the 10 names. Okay. We have Lizzo. She's landing massive cameos like on shows of The Mandalorian, so it would be like a big deal for Fox News for such a huge... Huge, very huge star. <laughs> we have David French. He's yeah, the that's obvious. stalwart guardian of true conservatism. Three, we have a robot anchorman who thoughtlessly read the teleprompter verbatim. No opinions, just push narrative. Got it? Four, a Tomahawk missile with an American flag painted on it. Merca. Five. A black mermaid. When you're getting rid of white male, you replace him with a black female. Those are the rules now. Six, Adam Kingsinger. If Fox wants to the wants to get the emotional tearjerker route, there's no better suited to weep on television. Seven, hot blonde female anchor Tuck Tuck Tuckheta Carlson. Wow, t she's gorgeous. Where have we seen her before? Eight. Vladimir Zelensky. This would be the best choice for the good of Ukraine or America. Nine, Liz Cheney. Fox would not be silly not to hire the most popular politician in history. And finally, 10, John Bolton's mustache. Facial hair is still in style. And this facial they, hair. They missed is an opportunity with number nine. They should have also put in there. And if you don't hire her, Somebody's getting shot in the ass. Yeah. Reference to her dad. Yeah, on a hunting trip. Any, any, anywho, um, let's move forward because we also have uh, Richard of the Week to decide. So hit us with the nominees for this week's <clears throat> Richard of the Week. Well, you have William Thomas for... 
literally what we just talked about in my worst take. Um, then you have Whoopi Goldberg. Because, you know, she suggests the Bible supports parents getting trans surgeries for kids. Yeah. I, with that sink. I, I didn't read the the reasoning that she came up with that at all. I didn't even bother to read beyond the headline of that one because uh, there's literally a like whole section of the the Old Testament of the Bible that literally yeah. tells you that you're not supposed to do that as a dude or a woman. Right. It literally yeah, right. says do not wear men's clothes or women's clothes. Literally yeah, says yeah. that. I know. Anywho. Um, and then we have uh, Don the Lemon for his very dramatic exit, or I should say over dramatic exit of CNN that yeah. did need to be. Um, and then finally, we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And if you remember earlier in the week, we, we played the clip of her talking about Tucker Carlson leaving and that literally violent better guy. And she was just, I mean, and we have to silence violence <laughs> with the what? silence violence, right? Words are violence and we almost silence violence. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, uh-huh. So now we're in the business of picking and choosing journalists and uh, things that you like and don't like. Um, yeah. And it, only the things that you like get to be on air. Right. Have I, have I called for MSNBC to uh, fire Joy Reid for anything that she has said, Pat? No. No, but we've Have I called on them like to crazy. fire her? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because she is terrible at the ratings. Because <laughs> she oh, is yeah. not good for their ratings. So, in that case, she deserves to be fired. Also, if you blatantly lie on television... You, guess what, can be sued for libel. Mm-hmm. So put your money where your mouth is there, AOC. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try it. All right. All that being said, uh, so we've got AOC. We've got Whoopi Goldberg. We've got uh, Lee, I mean, William Thomas. And um, for me, the winner obviously, obviously has got to be the fourth person, Pat, on this list. Yeah. Hey, uh- Alessandra Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. Yes. Yeah. AOC wins this hands down for me. Whoopi's a close second, but uh, yep. she's her ignorance of the Bible is well known at this point in time to yep. anybody who's, I don't know, actually read the dang thing. Yep. Which, by the way, my wife and I, um, <clears throat> we, we've had a few days where we've had to do a couple readings of the Bible, but mm. uh, we're, we're on track to read the Bible in a year, so... Uh, I'm proud of that, uh, considering it is April and we're still on track. Like, we have not given up. So, um, it is that level of discipline that matters in life, by the way. And it's part and parcel of what we talk about with getting used to being different. We have a very undisciplined society. And unfortunately, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but there's a difference between discipline in terms of your mind, right? And, And putting some order into your life or putting some um, structure in your life or like getting used to things that you do every day, right? Mm. There's a difference between that and what uh, Stephen Crowder decided to tell his wife when she was eight months pregnant. And I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because that yeah. whole thing is disgusting uh, and we don't know the full truth. So, I, I'm just, just pointing it out. When If you're talking about discipline, I'm not talking about what Stephen Crowder talked about. That just want to be clear on that. 
Fair enough. <sighs> anyway, that's why he's not in our Richard of the Week, by the way, because one tape doesn't make a full story, right? right. Does it look bad? Yeah. Yeah. Looks, yeah, looks, looks, looks terrible. terrible, by the way. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. And again, we don't know all the facts. We know one side said one thing. The other side has said another. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's terrible. Kids don't deserve it. That's the reality of all of this. And um, hopefully everybody gets the help that they need and can heal. That's all I'm going to say on that entire matter. End of story. All right. Um, that being said, I think it's a great time for us to uh, – Go with our worst or our best takes of the week as we head into the weekend, Pat. Um, on this one, I think I'm going to have you go first. Okay. That's right. This one comes from Phil Jackson from the Daily the, Wire. Yes. Uh, the uh, former, well, legendary basketball coach in the NBA says that uh, the, the league is too political to watch. He says, I'm not enjoying the game. That's too bad. There's a whole generation that doesn't like the game. All the teams that, that could qualify went down there and stayed down there. No audience. And they had things on their back like justice. And funny thing happened. They made fun of things like justice. And then they went, and then they went to the basket and equal opportunity just knocked him down. Um, my grandkids thought it was pretty funny to play up those games. I couldn't couldn't watch that. I was trying to cater to an audience and trying to be, uh, to bring a certain audience to the game, and they didn't know it was turning uh, other people off. People want want to see sports as non political. Politics stays out of the game. It doesn't need to be here. This is my best take of the week because. He freaking nails it. Finally, somebody in that you know that's been in the NBA really nails this problem. Problem, problem, and, Pat. Problem. Technical foul. Technical foul. Yeah, yeah. Technical foul. Jalen Rose wants you to know that uh, that's only because Phil Jackson is a white supremacist. Bullshit. Making money off the backs, millions of dollars off the backs of black people. Yeah, no. Except for no. he was a really really good basketball player in the NBA on his own and then became a six-time, six-time, six-time NBA championship coach. Yeah, probably the greatest coach from the NBA. And by the way, you can argue the triangle offense was the proto version of what we see today, right? With all the clear outs and the and the triangles that form. Um, however, I will say this, at least the triangle offense involved, I don't know, people not standing the hell around. Anyway. I mean, this is the game that I love, right? I, yeah. I, I prefer basketball than any other sport. Okay. Yeah. And I I have not watched a single NBA game in yeah. since before COVID. Yep. Didn't watch. Uh, I, I've, let's put it this way. A couple of games have been on. And within 30 seconds, I cannot even watch it again because I've noticed at least four yeah. times people traveling. LeBron James takes six steps. Giannis takes five steps to the basket and never gets called. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, Phil Jackson's right on, on this front. Like you, you literally, you know, justice gets smacked down by equal opportunity. That's hilarious. And the NBA shouldn't be hilarious. It should be entertainment, but that's not entertaining. 
it, it's literally shoving politics down your throat while being a hypocrite. And for this is the part that I don't understand. For those who are criticizing Phil Jackson, why are you not criticizing George uh, uh, or Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and every other person and LeBron James, right, who make right. it political? He is saying, I don't want it to be political. I want it. I don't give a rip about your politics. And by the way, Phil Jackson is likely a liberal. Right. <laughs> He's I, I just, just simply saying, I want to be entertained and it's not entertaining because I can't stand constantly being bombarded with politics mixed in with my sports. I, I, just, I love it. I just want to enjoy a basketball game. That's it. And my best take of the week, uh, we played this yesterday. I don't need to play it again. It's very simple. Tucker Carlson's um, words spoken after his release or mutual termination or whatever the hell took place at Fox News, simply not addressing that, but addressing the realities and the things that we need to address as a society and the truths that he spoke yesterday or on yesterday's show, but on Wednesday when he came out and spoke, unlike Don the Lemon, by the way, who just shut up, dude, just just shut up. Like you, you shouldn't be speaking at this point in time, right? Just let it, let it breathe, let it die. Um, but for Tucker to come out and speak truth to power, right? That's literally what he did, and he spoke truth to the culture of today. That takes courage. It also takes power, by the way, to do this. You know, one of the things that that we talk about with the founding fathers, Pat, um, is this, right? They were a minority, right? They were absolutely the minority of that society in that point in time. But they they were speaking truth, right, to power. But they were doing it with power, right? These were some of the most respected people in the society at the time, right? It's no coincidence that that John Adams is the one that's infamous for the uh, defending the soldiers from the Boston Massacre, right? It is, you know, Sam Adams. Um, these are people who were, you know, economically powerful or politically powerful, um, held positions of power, right? Tucker Carlson has that power. He has the bully pulpit today. And the question that I often in the, and how I kind of lens this show is for however big or small our audience is, we hold some sort of power, right? And can we use that power for the betterment of society or the detriment of society? And I am always going to work towards the betterment of liberty. I'm always going to work towards the betterment of our society within a framework that I believe to be moral, to be right, to be just. I can, I can, respect the socialist from this perspective, right? If they truly believe what they say they are, they believe that their side has some a a moral right and righteous situation, right? They they believe that. I fundamentally disagree with that. Let's have that argument, right? I can respect that. What I can't respect is people who attempt to backdoor it, right? right. And that's what we're seeing with the FHFA situation, because it's an attempt to make you own nothing. It's an attempt to, to, to change and rig the system so that you really are disincentivized to have good credit and, and disincentivized to, to own things. 
So, you know, we could go down the road of everything, but Tucker Carlson spoke truth to power, spoke words we all need to hear in our own lives and in our collective social society. If we don't agree that these things are valuable to our society, there is no society. The, the frat, it's not about the, the fringe, right? It's about the majority. And right now, the majority is so fractured that we can't agree on the basic framework anymore. And that's a problem. And that's the fight that's really going on here. Whether you want to call it culture war, whether you want to call it whatever, it is the framework of our society that is at war, if you will. And he speaks truth to power, but using power. And I think it was about this. Meekness, it is what? Speaking truth with power. It's being unafraid. Meekness isn't weakness. And we've talked about this a thousand times. Meekness is not weakness. They are not synonymous. Meekness is what Tucker Carlson did and what he said and what he does in his own life, right? He's calling people up who have never spoken to him, um, who might be way smaller on the scale of viewers and dollars and cents and making sure they're okay or they have the things that they need or um, offering advice, right? That's somebody in a position of power who doesn't have to do that, but he knows the meekness and the humbleness that needs to be there. And so when he speaks power to power, things get done. It's different than you and I sitting here and talking, right? We have a very different level of power than what he has for now. But he's using that power for good, not evil, for good. And sometimes he gets things wrong. We're all going to get things wrong. Right. We all and do. sometimes we all do. The, the demand of perfection is ridiculous in this society. Mm. It, but that's part and parcel of the society of subjective reality, right? What, what you were supposed to believe five minutes ago has now changed. So believe what you believed five minutes ago and then now believe something brand new five minutes afterwards. It's impossible for that to, to be something that our society can function with. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And number 11 on the Babylon B list to replace Tucker Carlson is Andrew Coppins. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Actually, I don't wish because I want nothing to do with that absolute craptastic show that is behind the scenes at Fox News. But with that being said, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you read all of your meals today and uh, may your team have an excellent rest of the NFL draft. Whichever team that is, the Bengals or the, the Ravens, whichever, or now apparently the Colts. Thank you. No, 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 no. I just respect the Colts. I don't, I'm not a fan of the Colts. Oh, I can't keep track of which team you're a fan of. It changes every five minutes. Oh, shut kinda, up. Kind of kind of like subjective reality. And with that, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.